Welcome to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders. In this week's episode of the CPG View, we dive in to retail media, more specifically in-store retail media with a dear friend, Andrew Lipsman from eMarketer, now known as Insider Intelligence. We dive deep on four to five questions that are extremely relevant for those in our space. Think you'll enjoy. All right, Andrew, could you start out with giving us an introduction to who you are, the company you work for? I think it'd be super helpful for the audience. Yeah, Andrew Lipsman. I'm a principal analyst covering retail and e-commerce at Insider Intelligence. Um, many of you may also know it as eMarketer. Um, and I've been there for about four and a half years um, and have covered really all things digital over the course of my career, which also includes a lot of digital advertising topics. So the fact that the intersection of digital advertising and e-commerce is emerging as retail media um, is something I've been covering quite a bit of these days. Yeah, that's awesome. You're you are one of the main folks that I go to uh, quite often. You and and Marissa. Um, and to your point, you all did rebrand uh, probably a year or two ago. But many of us old patriarchs like to still refer to you by the old name. So uh, we'll we'll make sure we switch it up and start calling you by the new name going forward. Um, I had a couple questions I wanted to dig into. So the first is, you know, you published an article on LinkedIn. It might have been a month or so ago, and it resonated really, really well with the community. I think it helped a ton of people. And so a couple of these questions are centered around uh, that article, and so I'm interested in your take. So the first is, how do you see the digitization of stores transforming the ad space? And what do you think are the biggest opportunities for retailers and brands in this space? Yeah, so this is kind of one of the the key pillars of where retail media goes next, which is in-store retail media. Um, of all those growth levers, I think it's still the most nascent, but also the most interesting. And as I started to cover it more deeply, um, as you mentioned, it's, it's really resonated. So um, I'm getting a lot of feedback and insight and continuing to pull that into my coverage. Um, the way I see it is that stores are the next major media channel. Like that's the headline. Um, it's a huge opportunity for both retailers and brands. For retailers, um, as we all know with retail media, they're able to enter into these new high margin revenue streams. Right. Um, as this opportunity emerges in store though, a lot of those dollars are tending to come out of shopper and trade spend. So it's not necessarily net new dollars um, that they're getting. But if you start to think about it as a major media channel, that national dollars should be going into, that would be net new ad spend for them. Or maybe budgets that are currently in Facebook or other digital channels that are trying to rationalize and find other better places to go. Um, so there's a huge, huge opportunity here. And in, stores have scale. I mean, they have major audience scale. So the value proposition is really strong for these national advertisers. Um, for brands, oh, I mean, you can take down a list of all the, the opportunities here, but you get high quality branding, that also can drive performance in terms of sales in store. When you see those ads, you get brand safety, you get contextual relevance, you get incremental reach um, over other mass media channels. Um, you can reach audiences that are harder and harder to reach. So there's a huge value proposition and high quality creative experiences. I mean, one of the things that I think has held back the conversation on this space a little bit to date is that the starting point for 
in-store retail media has been like gas station TV or checkout terminals, which to me are fine. They're decent touch points in the mix of in-store media, but they're almost like the lowest quality experiences. There are much bigger and better quality branding experiences that that brands um, can take advantage of. That's that's really interesting. Uh, you know, shifting gears here because I, I I completely agree with what you said, and I think we think about it's the evolution in the space for sure. And and ten years from now, we'll look back at this moment, and, and investors will say, "Gosh, I would have invested." Brands will probably say, "Gosh, I wish I would have invested uh, and got first mover advantage." Um, with that being said, you know, as we think about you and and myself and and everyone we know, with you know, there's a decline in linear TV advertising. All of us are not paying attention during TV breaks. In many cases, we're also you know two screens. Um, what are some of the challenges that brands face in reaching and influencing customers, and how in this new age environment that we all live in, and how do you think in-store digital media will help to address these challenges? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned reaching hard to reach audiences like so so you and I are are maybe both these types of audiences um, today, which is I, I don't watch any linear TV at all. I watch streaming. I see very few ads. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is similar to you, but I don't know what like major motion pictures are coming out ever. Mm. Cocaine Bear. Now I know that because it, it advertised during the Super Bowl and it sounds crazy. But otherwise, I have no idea what what TV shows or what what um, movies are coming out. Brands, CPG brands. I mean, I just don't see those ads nearly as much as I used to. Um, so much of time spent watching TV is with the age 55 plus segment. And in TV terms, we always talk about 18 to 49 year olds as the money demo, right? So all those impressions are basically going outside of the, the money demo. If you can't reach them on linear TV, where are you going to reach them? Well, a lot of those audiences are migrating to streaming TV, but streaming TV is minimally ad supported today. Um, where can you reach them at scale? Guess what? In store. In store audiences are huge. It's the right audiences because those 18 to 49 year olds, I can guarantee you that they are shopping in store. Um, so that's why we, we need to start thinking of this as something of a substitute for TV, not a perfect substitute because TV is going to give you that 30 second storytelling. So that's still probably going to be a tent pole for how your brand goes to market. But the these additional incremental opportunities that can still give you a relatively high quality experience. And for CPG brands, let's be honest, you don't need to tell the whole brand story every time. Sometimes a six second dynamic creative ad that just makes you uh, gives you a reminder or makes you want the brand is good enough. That's a really good point. And I, I would imagine people, you know, if you said that we were the demo as a, for instance, we are the ones that would likely be uh, our shopping process be interrupted and we could be engaged with, with a, a brand asset in a, we would be walking in a Target or in a Walmart or in a Dick Sports or in a Kroger and any of the retailers that we all go to as consumers. Um, because as much as, you know, we saw, you know, news from the pandemic coming out of the pandemic from buy online, pick up in store. There's still a huge cohort of the population. And you would know this better than I that still go to stores. And even myself, you know, personally, I still go to stores, even though I can go online because it's something you want to experience. You want to see what's out, what's new, what's changed. So it's, I think, a bit of probably the consumer sentiment that will never change. And I think the point you made earlier is this is in early, early stages. And the next 
evolution of this is going to be in-store uh, retail media without a doubt. Yeah, um, 90, 90% of sales in grocery is still in store. Um, yeah, there was a moment there with the pandemic where we moved to digital platforms a bit more, but things have gone back to, you know, where they were previous to that or, or mostly in that direction. Um, one other little point that you mentioned is we're walking through the aisles with our eyes up. Um, even when you're watching TV that's ad supported these days, everybody has their nose buried in their screen. So you don't have the second screening problem the same way in store. Yeah, very true. Uh, switching gears, any examples that come to mind when you think about successful in-store digital media campaigns in terms of, you know, driving sales or brand awareness? Yeah, so uh, one interesting example um, that I can recall is a couple of years ago, cooler screens. So there's a lot of digital surfaces in the store. Probably the biggest surface is the cooler door and a company cooler screens is digitizing those surfaces and providing, you know, some large branding experiences. Um, right around St. Patrick's Day, which we're coming up to now, there was a, a roadblock campaign by Guinness that basically took over, I don't remember how many, 8, 10, 12 cooler doors um, and in that aisle. And, you know, I, I think a campaign like that can be so effective in, in so many ways. So first off, you're getting 100% share of voice if you're that brand at a time when it's very relevant. People are actually probably much more inclined to buy beer. Um, so some people might be walking into the store actually with the purpose of buying beer. And if, if you're Guinness, it's probably going to increase your market share because of that share of voice advantage. Um, there's also probably a lot of people who might be in this store for normal grocery shopping reasons, and they're not even thinking about beer, but they can see that aisle and it catches their eye. And it's a nice reminder. Oh yeah. St. Patrick's day is coming up. Maybe I'll, so, so that adds incremental purchases. And then lastly, even if you go in there and, and you walk out without buying beer, it's a great branding experience that catches people's eye. It's a reminder for the brand. So it's creating that brand equity um, that I think has lasting effects and, and that can drive the next purchase or the next purchase. So um, I think it really hits you know immediate sales effectiveness and long-term brand equity in a way that can drive brands. Yeah, really good points. And one of the things you said right there in the beginning before we switch to the next question is 100% share of voice. Wow. Think about rewind the clock five to seven years ago when a brand could could have 100% share of voice. There was, you know, on the digital shelf that before it was so, you know, immersed as it is today and, and saturated. Um, so anyway, that just piqued my curiosity when you when you said that. So um, switching gears. So what are some key factors that retailers and brands need to consider in your mind as they develop in-store digital media strategies? I think they've got the experience now of deploying online digital retail media strategies, but any thoughts or pointers as they think about going in stores? I think number one for retailers, um, and every retailer I've talked to, this is probably the first thing that they'll talk about when when they think about in-store retail media is they know that the CX in-store is paramount, right? You don't want to be interruptive to the shopping experience. Um, so if if you're doing it in a way that these ads are creepy, <laughs> right? Like personalized advertising, I think that's a no-no in this space. I would not go there um, in, unless maybe you're doing it on a smart cart where you're kind of plugging in and doing your, your own personalized shopping experience, you should not be trying to track the consumer and deliver a targeted ad to them. Creepy. Um, I think, yeah, right. So 
you don't want to mislead them or, or take them down the wrong path. So I think you need to remain contextually relevant, but you can provide great branding experiences. And I would say consumers know they're walking into a commercial mindset. So there's probably a limit of too many ads when you're just barraging them everywhere. But I think there's a reasonable amount of surfaces. And if you're providing high quality experiences, it's it's going to be the best of, of both worlds. And it, it's actually going to be useful and relevant to have those contextual reminders to, to shoppers when they're in store. Um, so I, I think, but that there's a tension there that they will have to navigate. Um, for, for advertisers, I would say, or, or brand specifically, like how, how do you think about this space? Right now, it's thought of in the context of digital out of home, which it is, but those are small budgets. And so I think they're not really investing enough in the opportunity yet because they're just slicing off a piece of an already fairly modest sized budget. Um, or they're thinking about it as a form of shopper and performance marketing. It's not the right way to think about it. You got to start thinking bigger, start thinking about it in the way that you think about large brand advertising, TV style advertising, like start thinking about reach frequency and GRPs and that kind of language that you have around um, larger national ad campaigns. Great points. Great points. So moving upper funnel as opposed to lower funnel, avoiding the the creepiness factor. 100% land that message. As we close up here, with the rise of ad blocking and other forms of consumer resistance, you and I probably have allowed some cookies, you know, denied some cookies, uh, you know, individual preferences. How do you see in-store digital media evolving in the future to remain relevant and engaging consumers across the spectrum that do allow or do deny cookies? Would love your hot take here. Yeah, well, it goes right back to this idea of the ability to reach the unreachables, right? We are, there's a generation of younger consumers, it goes beyond that, but certainly more pronounced in, um, you know, those sort of under age 45, I would say, um, where they're more likely to block ads. Uh, they are more likely to use subscription content that's not ad supported. You cannot reach them easily. Um, you can reach them, you can squeak in an impression here or there, um, but it's harder and harder. Uh, in fact, Mark Pritchard, the chief brand officer of PNG, was just talking this week at the ANA about how focused they are on increasing their target segment reach and how they want to be somewhere between 90 and 100% um, in the right audience segments. So if you think about that, that's harder and harder to do. You keep upping your media weight in TV or digital where, where you're running into ad blockers and you're still not reaching those people. So you're spending more and more money. And all you're doing is delivering frequency against you know the same smaller subsets of people over and over and over. Your advertising is less effective. You need to reach them in the environments in which they can be reached. Um, and the store, I mean, it's like it's almost too perfect of a media channel in some ways. It's it's like too perfect, and it's just not being appreciated in those terms just yet. It's really everything that advertisers want. As I said, they don't have to worry about brand safety. It's contextually relevant, good branding experiences. Oh, and by the way, it drives branding and performance, and you can measure it. I mean, that's that's everything a, a brand advertiser, a CPG brand advertiser, should want. Um, and and I think it's it's time, you know, for the industry to really come together on the buy side and the sell side to to move things along faster because there are some mechanical issues in enabling these ads in new environments. You probably need some programmatic infrastructure to help enable more scaled campaigns. So it's not like you can snap your fingers and make this all happen overnight. 
Um, but I think if the if there's conviction on both the buy and sell side around the opportunity, that will help it progress much faster than it has so far. Love that. Very, very insightful. Well, folks, you heard it from one of the best in the business and a dear friend of mine in the CPG view. So, Andrew, I just want to thank you for taking the time with us today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders. Mm-hmm.